Greetings from New York City, where SBJ's Dealmakers in Sports Conference kicks off today, bringing together senior executives in sports, finance, media, and technology to discuss the sports economy and the opportunities and challenges of investing in its related businesses. Speakers will include Oakview Group's Tim Liwicki, Fanatics' Tucker Kane, Fenway Sports Group's Tom Werner, and more. Find more details and register to attend virtually at sportsbusinessjournal.com. Good morning. It's Wednesday, December 1st, and this is your SBJ Morning Buzzcast. I'm David Albright, filling in for Abe Madcor. The calendar has turned to December, and that also signals the end is here for the current collective bargaining agreement between Major League Baseball and the Players Association. Negotiators are expected to meet again today to try to hammer out an agreement to avoid the first work stoppage in 26 years before the CBA expires at midnight tonight. Widespread expectation is that MLB will lock out the players once the CBA expires at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. If there is a negotiating breakthrough or meaningful progress today, the two sides could agree to extend the expiration of the CBA. Though the sides have reportedly tweaked their proposals in recent days, the core economic issues are still the major roadblock to a new deal. Players want free agency after five years or 29 and a half years of age, whichever comes first, while beginning the arbitration process after two seasons instead of three. Owners are unlikely to agree to such a massive overhaul of the system, as both free agency after six years and arbitration after three seasons have been tenets of the economic process in baseball for decades. When you wake up tomorrow, it would be the biggest of early holiday gifts if the expected outcome of this story has changed. China says that the new variant of the coronavirus is a concern for organizers of the Beijing Winter Olympics, but it remains confident the Games will be held as scheduled in February. At a briefing yesterday, a foreign ministry spokesperson said the new variant would certainly bring some challenges in terms of prevention and control. China maintains some of the world's strictest antivirus travel restrictions and has said it will not allow overseas spectators at the Games. Athletes, staff, and journalists will be confined to bubbles for the duration of the competition. The pay TV floor will drop to around 53 million homes, according to a report from New York-based research company Moffat Nathanson, cited by R. John Arand. The report comes less than a week after Disney disclosed that ESPN's distribution had dropped to 76 million homes. Even though pay TV distributors are in the middle of such a freefall, the Moffat Nathanson report remained optimistic. It said in part, while the finding that there are still over 30 million U.S. homes at risk for further pay TV erosion is deeply concerning, there is a case to be made that over-the-top streaming services that feature sports could be additive to the pie if built in a targeted and price-sensitive manner. However, key rights holders must avoid leaking all their key rights over the top in order to avoid killing what is left of the golden goose. Speaking of rights and distribution, after months of rumors, ACC Network finally won carriage on Comcast's Xfinity systems. Disney and Comcast made the announcement as part of a larger affiliate deal, the two signed, that also includes a renewal for SEC Network. Two sides who quietly hammered out a new arrangement over the past three months said Xfinity will launch the ACC channel in the coming weeks. One big question left unanswered regards the size of ACC Net's distribution footprint 
Neither ACC Network or SEC Network are Nielsen-rated channels, so it's hard to determine how many homes they are in. By comparison, Big Ten Network, which launched in 2006, is in 54 million homes, and ESPNU is in 45 million homes. That's according to Nielsen estimates. That makes it likely that ACC Network and SEC Network both are in the 50 million home range. The East Asia Super League, which counts former NBA players Baron Davis, Meta World Peace, and Shane Battier as investors, will launch its first season with eight teams in October of 2022. The teams will be made up of players from leagues in Japan, Korea, the Philippines, and Chinese Taipei, as well as players from mainland China and Hong Kong. Teams will play a 24-game regular season from October through February, with a Final Four and championship to be played in March of 2023. Prominent NBA agent Bill Duffy is serving as the company's chief advisor and strategist and is a stakeholder in the venture. The East Asia Super League has a 10-year agreement with FIBA, granting it recognition in Asia. We'll close on a people note with veteran digital technology exec David Nugent announcing he has co-founded his fifth services company in sports. New York-based Next League is taking a different approach in which clients will not simply consume but also participate in newsletters, podcasts, events, and white papers that the company is producing. Initial clients include NASCAR, with several more to be announced in the coming weeks. With 20-plus employees to start, the idea is to curate thought leadership that can benefit the broader sports, media, entertainment, and wellness industries. Nugent will serve as CEO and said the opportunity is in guiding teams and leagues through the digital transformation presented by Web3. Blockchain, NFTs, cryptocurrencies, and the metaverse are proliferating the industry, and Next League hopes to be a consultancy that can provide the right context and strategy for implementation of those, as well as other growing sectors, such as sports betting. And that's your SBJ Morning Buzzcast for Wednesday. Hope everybody has a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. 